Ever sit in mass and think, wow, Catholicism is really boring? Well, don't become Baptist just yet. Welcome to Catholic Nonsense, an online podcast combining humor and theology. And now for your hosts, a convert from evangelical Protestantism. These hands were made for chalices, not calluses. Jacob Hoback and a priest from the Diocese of Steubenville. So, I mean, the thing is, is that each one of us, though, we have the opportunity to grow in holiness every day. And Father Mark Moore. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not aware of his schemes. If you watch the news, especially today, um, you know, our thoughts and prayers go with OSU. They suffered what is potentially a terrorist attack. Um, if you've been watching the news, you'll see that the devil's really working through America and the world. We see this through, you know, abortion, same-sex so-called marriage, um, lots of unchristian practices going on, led by, of course, we're told, the devil, because he is, uh, you know, he's the great destroyer of all things. So that is why we are told in Ephesians to put on the armor of God. And that's what we'll be talking about today. Um, right now, it's just me. There's no co-host, so feel free to turn it off if you want. Um, <laughs> I am in my apartment right now, actually. Um, so it's very cozy and a very good place to talk about the armor of God. So many of you know, for me, of course, I am very involved in the anti-abortion battle, if battle is what you want to call it. Um, you know, I run Bobcats for Life, the pro-life group on campus at Ohio University, and, uh, you know, we've had to file four police reports, alleged, uh, um, you know, assault, menace, vandalism. We're just right now dealing with a case that has to do with a threat that said uh, someone wanted to squash my head like a grape. So with all of these adversities, and, and let me say, I'm not saying this to beat my chest or say I am persecuted because I am certainly not the only one. I know everyone every day you know, struggles with temptations from the devil. That is why, as I said, that we are called to put on the armor of God. The armor of God is designed to help us, um, you know, Ephesians 6 says that, uh, that we need to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Um, we're told to put on the full armor of God so that we, it says you, can take your stand, that's our stand, against the devil's schemes. Because in this Christian uh, spiritual war, if we don't have the armor of God, we are going to lose. Because without Christ and without God, we can do nothing, essentially. Um, nothing that is uh, good for not... I mean, we can do good things. However, they are meaningless if they're not through Christ's grace. That may not be metaphysically true, but I'm no theologian. So look that up by yourself if you'd like to. Uh, or I'm sure Father Mark would let me know if I mess that up. But anyway, so the armor of God, he goes on to say there are different parts to this. And the first, um, one of the first lists, I guess, or elements of the spiritual armor is a belt. It says, stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. I guess belt's the layman's terms. So truth is very important to have in this battle. It's very important for us to know what we believe as Catholics, because if we do not believe, uh, we'll lose a lot of our friends. Um, 
who were involved with the the Christian community. You know, it it breaks my heart to see you'll see uh, parents whose kids aren't Christian anymore, and you know they really don't know how to defend the, their faith themselves. They're I guess they're just more blindly following than what their kids would. Um, of course, you know I grew up, I fell away from the faith when I was in seventh and eighth grade. And I basically kind of had to find things out myself. Not everyone's willing to do that. If you talk to someone, um, sometimes they can be a bit close-minded. We run into that problem while doing Bobcats for Life. But it's very important to have the truth. We know also that when, you know, Jesus was in the garden and, the, you know, Satan was trying to tempt him, he was, you know, saying the truth, the, the truth that came from the Holy Scriptures. So without truth... Where are we? Now, my conversion was very intellectual, and of course, this is my one of my favorite ones. It's not why I started with it, but, but it is one of my favorite ones because it's so important. The Catholic faith is so beautiful, and we cannot convert people if we do not, you know, use, um, if we do not use truth. A lot of you, and <laughs> most people won't agree with this statement, but I would say, if you are just a great and loving person, that's not going to convert or will be good enough for a Protestant. Um, and that's because they're very intellectual people, especially those who follow along with the Calvinists. For example, you know, I, I have a friend who's very Calvinist. And if I were just a good and loving person, that would be great, but it probably wouldn't be good enough for him because, you know, people... Um, and a lot of people who really actually care about scriptural truths will be intellectual. Now, I'm not saying be rude to them or be arrogant, but knowing truth is super important because if you don't, it'll kind of look silly and it makes you um, weaker. Of course, because you don't have that armor, but it makes you weaker and it makes you easier to be able to be deceived by the devil's lies. For example, you know, um, I had a friend who didn't know that getting drunk was a sin. She didn't know that Catholic truth. Um, therefore, because she didn't have that truth, the the devil tempted her to say, no, this is okay, which is a problem. It, of course, is the first piece of equipment to go on, and it secures all other pieces of our armor. Wearing the belt showed that, you know, back in those days, showed that the soldier was ready for action because he would only loosen his belt when he went off duty. Truth should surround us like a belt. Knowing God's truth is the surefire antidote to Satan's lies and deception. So that's what I was saying. Once we know what we believe, we cannot be deceived. You know, God bless some Catholics for choice. They apparently are pretty ignorant of the uh, church's teaching on life from conception to natural death. And therefore, you know, they're very misguided, and I hate to say it, but very led by Satan. Um, so that is the... Uh, Belt of Truth. The next piece of uh, armor that St. Paul talks about in verse 14 is the breastplate. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So, without righteousness, we leave ourselves open to Satan's attacks. Um, the first step, of course, you know, one of the first steps to being righteousness is repenting. You know... Being righteous isn't just about 
doing, going to Mass every Sunday. Being righteous, you know, isn't just about saying one rosary per day, and thank God, because I don't do it. Um, What being righteous is about, really, is, and especially we see this in the Christian life, and with a lot of our saints, is about being humble and submitting and repenting. I have people all the time who aren't religious tell me, you know, (laughs) for those of you who know me, sometimes... I can get a little bit off kelter, and sometimes I can say things that might be, it might have a little sting to them. And, you know, I'll have these people say, well, you are a Christian. You're supposed to be so righteous. But, you know, my my response to those people is always, I may be, um, you know, I'm a sinner, definitely. I'm not saying that. By being religious, I, you know, that does not make me not a sinner. But what it does mean is I do have a savior. And I know that's something that you'll want to put on a Hallmark gift card, but I came up with that line. But it really is what I tell people, you know. I definitely, um, well, I go to Mass every Sunday, but I definitely don't do all that I should. But what helps me have the breastplate of righteousness, assuming I have it, (laughs) is, some people might disagree, is um, being repentant for what you've done. Because if you are not, there's a more than likely chance that your righteousness comes from yourself rather than God. We must rely on him for all things to be able to, um, I lost what I was going to say. Oh, we must, uh, we must rely on God to be able to, um, help, you know, bring righteousness to us because it comes from him and it will not come from us unless we're the blessed virgin. And I know no one that's listening is, so... Well, I guess Mary is technically, but that's a theological thing. Um, Isaiah fifty nine seventeen says that God himself puts on righteousness as a breastplate. This may be part of what inspired Paul to use this analogy. You know, if, if God puts it on, there's a more than likely chance that we'll be successful with it. I would assume, and maybe this is debatable, that that also means that Christ wore the breastplate of righteousness. Um, Isaiah 59 starts by explaining that, quote, your iniquities have separated you from God. Now, that's not to be confused with separating us from the love of God, because we know that sin separates us from God. And if we're separated from God, odds of us winning a spiritual battle are very, very um, unlikely. So, to recap, we have the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. Those two, you know, it's almost like those two, you think about it, you know, what more could I need? Because really, if we proclaim the truth while being righteous, that flows from God, you know, we're mainly good to go, and that's, that's really good to have. You know, I, I'll be the first to admit, I don't have it, and I wish I could work more on that, And, you know, that's something that we need to strive as Christians is more like, I would say, maybe sharpening our iron, or not iron, armor, with iron, and making it, um, making our armor stronger so that we can engage these physical, or these, um, spiritual difficulties. You know, and like I say, I don't want to beat my chest, but going through all of these, like I said, the four police reports have really, really shaken me. However, had it not been for my few years, it's a very strong and practicing Catholic, I don't know if I'd be able to endure it. Um, because it's, it's all part of understanding God's uh, providential plan. So, as I said, you have the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. 
What comes next in verse 15, it's a spiritual footwear. It says, And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, I just realized when I, <laughs> can you tell I've listened to Protestant sermons? <laughs> if if you're a Protestant convert, this might sound familiar to you because, you know, this is something that I grew up in the church hearing about was the armor of God. Um, so, and like I say, Protestant, uh, like they're, they're ministers, I guess, um, they can give some really good sermons, and some of them are very good about presenting their message, and I'm very thankful to have you know, grown up listening to them, although their theology was um, heretical. Shoes might not be the most exciting piece of armor, but the Zondervan NIV Bible commentary highlights their importance. The military success, both of Alexander the Great and of Julius Caesar, were due in large measure to their armies being well shod and thus able to undertake long marches at incredible speed over rough terrain. The word preparation, denoting readiness, reminds us that we are not to be eager, uh, sorry, that we are eager to preach the gospel of peace. The Church of God, a.k.a. the Catholic Church, is sent to announce the good news of God's kingdom, which will spread his way of peace around the whole world. Having our spiritual shoes on, we will be ready to spread the news of others. So, that pretty much speaks for itself. We need the spiritual footwear to be able to preach the gospel um, and, and endure it. I think sometimes as believers, Catholics, so be it, sometimes what happens is is we can get burnt out with what we do. Um, and I know it can happen easily. However, the spiritual footwear, the, the preparation of the gospel of peace can help us. Like I said, you know, the military success for them relied on you know, their armies being well shod. And um, being able to undertake long marches. Because endurance is so important. And if we cannot endure, we will not make it very far. And it's funny, I catch myself with these. I say, we will not make it very far. And that's because it's very true. Because if we do not have these, we will not make it very far. Sorry, but that's how it is. <laughs> I didn't mean to sound rude. Shields up. Above all, taking the shield of faith which will be able to quench all fiery darts of the wicked one, comes from verse 16. When our faith in God's power and love is strong, it is impossible for Satan to break through our shield and land a blow. Faith saves. Not alone, but faith saves. Because with our faith, we saw that when Abraham took his son Isaac um, to <laughs> eventually slaughter him, you know, it was the faith that saved him. We see that both in, um, I'm going to see if my memory serves me correctly. We see that in Genesis, and I believe we also see that in James. Faith saves. Once again, not alone for <laughs> those who listen and are from the Baptist tradition. Faith does not save alone, but faith does save. It's more than just believing that God exists. It includes a firm belief that everything God does is truly for our good. Whenever we as Christians go through these horrible um, trials and tribulations, it's for our own good. And I know that's hard to believe. I know it is. You know, I've, I, I have been through it. I, you know, I've been through it too. 
Um, it's really hard to believe. However, you know, once you really get hit, and I know some people who haven't, and you know, they'll, they'll t you know, I really haven't either. Um, there was one thing that I went through that actually, you know, is actually pretty providential that really did help me. And you know, just from my testimony, once you can, you know, take a couple steps back and look at the big picture, you really do see that everything he does is for the good. I kind of borrowed that from Romans eight twenty eight. Um, there was there was a really 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 bad experience that I had in my life. I won't go into it because I know you don't care. But what it did was it made me become Catholic um, because it really drove it drew, drew me to um, drew me to God because I wanted to find out, you know, there has to be something higher than what I'm going through right now. And thanks be to God, I did find that. Faith protects us in many ways, you know. As I said, we talked about Abraham. We can talk about Daniel in the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, they were all protected because of their faith. The shield of faith is not just for personal protection. The Roman soldiers had a strategy for joining their shields together. If we join our shields as Christians, if we all get together and use them, Building up and serving as we are able to, we will be able to take on any challenge. And that is so true. And I know I always go back to Bobcats for Life because this is really where the armor is needed. I have, you know, four close friends. Actually, it's more, well, four, or four or five, who really go out and, you know, we go out and OU is a very liberal campus. We show the abortion victim photos. And um, it's very hard to do that. But. Because we all work together and we all really have a deep care for one another, it actually can be quite fun. Because, and it's not something that you would want to do alone. Uh, last Monday, I actually went to the abortion facility in Columbus by myself. It was not fun. But whenever I go with all kinds of believers, um, it really does, you know, build a shield because you really do feel safe. It's just, it's just a really powerful analogy. Verse 17 takes us and take the helmet of salvation. Salvation is very important. <laughs> um, of course, you all know that. We can receive tremendous hope and comfort by focusing on the incredible sacrifice Jesus Christ gave to us and the wonderful kingdom that is the goal of our salvation. This hope protects our minds from discouragement and despair in this world. Because what we're going through now will have no comparison to what's in store for us in the kingdom. Um, helmet, you know, keeps you from getting killed. Now I guess you could get stabbed in the stomach or burned to death. But the, the, the helmet, that's you know, it really does. It does the majority part of keeping you from getting killed. And that's basically what happens. If you do not have salvation, you know, your soul will be killed because you will have to spend the rest of your life in hell. <laughs> Sorry, my Pentecostal tradition's coming back to me. But if you wear the helmet, you will be protected and endure. We saw this in our gospel uh, this past Sunday, first Sunday of Advent. By the way, happy Advent. Verse 17, our only offensive weapon, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So, the Word of God. What is the Word of God? And, you know, we had Father Jonas Schell on the show a couple months ago talking about what is the Word of God. 
um, you know, obviously we see that as it's it's Jesus Christ. Uh, Hebrew 4.12 explains that for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I'd said earlier that Jesus used the word of God to defeat Satan. Um, you know, he quotes scripture, which is the written word of God. He brought to mind the scripture that dealt with the situation that showed what he should do, and that strengthened his resolve. And so should we. So this kind of goes back to truth. I think it's so important to get to know different kind of stories that happen in the Bible so that, you know, we can use that to really, you know, relate to. Um, we should also use it to know what is right and what's wrong. Um, of course, we see in First Timothy that Scripture is inspired and profitable for correction. Um, and it is offensive, too. Because, like I said, and I guess it is debatable whether it's offensive or not, because it is defensive in a way. But this does drive out demons. That is what I'm just, It's weird that I say that now. I'm looking at my bookshelf, and I have a book called The Right... Uh, the Making of a Modern Exorcist, which I have yet to read. Maybe we should do a podcast on that. But what it has to do with um, is driving away demons by using the Word of God, because that is really the greatest weapon we will have. So, that's uh, that's my two cents there. So, the, the, the another, th- another thing that's mentioned in uh, verse 18, which really isn't, armor, but it says the power of prayer, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Um, that does not mean speaking in tongues. So prayer is very important. The church and each of us individually moves forward on our knees. Praying reminds us of the battle, reminds us of the source of our strength and defense, and reminds God that we are fully committed to following him as obedient and faithful soldiers. One second. I cannot tell you enough, which I guess I'm not really qualified because I'm only 19 years old, but praying is so important. Like I said, I'm 19 years old, so you don't have to listen to me. But from my experience, it's really helped me in, in tough times and in really great times, too. It's helped me rejoice. Um, so important. We also have a podcast on that. So it sounds like we, we must have covered a lot of topics because I made two references. Um, and actually, both of them have to do with Father Jonas Shell. So, But prayer... Whenever I go a day without prayer, it's not fun. Because it makes me feel very alone. And that's, um, you know, one of the most exciting things that I've heard about prayer. It's actually kind of depressing, though. But prayer does not benefit God. Because he's perfect and there's no way to benefit him or gratify him. However, prayer does benefit us. Our love for God benefits us. Now, it does not mean do it for yourself, but what it does is if we rejoice and give thanks to God, it makes our souls clean and pure, which is what purgatory does, by the way. That is why prayer is so important. So that is all of the 
Armor of God. Are you wearing all of the armor of God? Is there anything you are lacking? Are you lacking righteousness, truth, salvation? Uh, hopefully not. Um, righteousness? If you are, we should work on those so that we can get prepared for spiritual battle. If we do not have them, as I said, we will most likely lose. Kind of like how Michigan lost to Ohio State last night. However, uh, that's neither here nor there. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I, you know, like I said I hate being by myself, but unfortunately that was a circumstance this week. I hope you all have a great second week of Advent. Uh, well, I guess this is the first one. But anyway, we will see you next Monday. God bless. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For more episodes and information about Catholic Nonsense, go to www.catholicnonsense.com. God bless!